Welcome to Stony Brook. It is good to be in worship with you today. Welcome. We welcome all of you, but especially those who may be visiting us today. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas. As we begin our time together, you will find your connection card in your bulletin packet, or you will find it online at stonybrook.church. You can use this connection card as a place to register your attendance, share any prayer concerns with us, uh, also find ways to give at stonybrook.church. If you flip the connection card over on the back, you will find upcoming events and activities that you can indicate your interest in as well. And speaking of events, we have an exciting event coming up on Sunday, September 12th. Uh, the staff is planning an evening at Stony Brook. So this will happen between 4 and 7 on September 12th. It will be an outside fellowship event featuring all things that are intended to nourish, nourish your body and your soul. We will have things like a catered barbecued dinner, live music performed by our very own Stony Brook musicians, great conversation and fun activities for everyone. Now, space is limited for this event, so make sure you RSVP either on the back of your connection card or going online at stonybrook.church. Also coming up this uh, fall season, Grief Share will, be, will begin again uh, on Wednesday, September 8th. Grief Share is a support group for people who are grieving the death of a loved one. Um, for it is for those who are struggling and need some help with their grieving process. It is a ministry that has a goal to provide hope and encouragement in this season. If you have any questions about Grief Share, you can reach out to Vicki Pack or Molly Marie Huff, and they will be happy to answer your questions. Also this fall, our preaching series will follow the lectionary um, lessons from the Gospel of Mark. And because of this, we will be doing a fall study on the Gospel of Mark. There are three different options available for you to choose from, a Tuesday evening option and then two on Thursday, one in the morning and one in the evening. Uh, Pastor Bob and myself will be leading those studies and we look forward to having you join in as we explore the gospel together. You will find all of this information and so much more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church in your bulletin pa packet online at stonybrook.church or through your weekly email announcements. If you're not already receiving the weekly email announcements, you can sign up through our website, stonybrook.church, or simply call the church office and we'll, we will get you connected. I invite you at this time to quiet your hearts, quiet your minds, as Rob and, and Christina Siebrek lead in our prelude.
invite you to rise either in body or in spirit as God calls us to worship. You will find your responses in bold. Welcome to worship. We come seeking healing and hope. You have come to the right place. God awaits you. Even though we have not always followed the ways God would have us go, God loves, forgives, and awaits you. Praise be to the patient, steadfast love of God. Amen. seated. Will you join me in a spirit of prayer? Your hands created the heavens and earth. You designed the sky and sea. You fashioned the lands and trees. The birds sing to you as the dawn breaks. The grass praises you as it blows with the breeze. All of creation rejoices as you shimmer, you shine, and you reflect beauty. The ways you have created us to live in community with one another is beautiful, it is essential, it is life. Supporting, laughing, Loving one another is a constant reminder of your presence in our lives. We are reminded of this when a friend shows up after the death of a loved one. It happens when someone stands by during difficult seasons of life. You are there through others when we are disappointed, disillusioned, and depressed. 
as beautiful as community is, O oh God, it can also be the source of much angst and trouble. We grieve for the ways the powerful have created systems to keep those who are deemed undesirable on the outside. We cry out as we watch in horror the violence, terrorism, and hate being lived out around the world, and sometimes even in our own homes. We continue to pray for the safety and security of the Afghan people. We pray for all the communities affected by the recent hurricanes and for those who are anticipating hurricanes to come. We pray for the Haitians as they continue in their recovery effort. As we pray for these communities and so many others, remind us that we too are created for community. Help us to respond to our neighbors in need. Help our ears to be open to their voices and our hearts open to their stories. Lead us to feed, to care, to support, and to love all. It was your heart which created every single one of us in your very own image, delicately, deliberately, knitting us together in our mother's womb calling us into being to join creation in praising you as we love one another. All of this is being prayed through the name of the one who showed us what your community of the beloved looks like. We now join our voices together, praying the prayer that Christ Jesus taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you for sharing your gift with us this morning. Today's scripture lesson is a continuation of the Moses story. It's from the 18th chapter, verses 13 through 22. Um, This is the common English version. I invite us to hear these words. The next day Moses sat as a judge for the people, while the people stood around Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What's this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people are standing around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When a conflict arises between them, they come to me, and I judge between the two of them. I also teach them God's regulations and instructions." Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing isn't good. You will end up totally wearing yourself out, both you and these people who are with you. The work is too difficult for you. You can't do it alone. Now listen to me and let me give you some advice, and may God be with you. Your role should be to represent the people before God. You should bring their disputes before God yourself. Explain the regulations and instructions to them. Let them know the way they are supposed to go and the things they are supposed to do. But you should also look among all the people for capable persons who respect God. They should be trustworthy and not corrupt. Set these persons over the people as officers of groups of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. They should bring every major dispute to you, but they should decide all the minor cases themselves. This will be much easier for you, and they will share your load. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. I invite us, as we have been doing for the month of August, to respond to the word by singing the second stanza of How Firm a Foundation. Let us remain seated and sing together. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. 
This is our prayer this day. Amen. Well, today our sermon series, Leaning into the Future, comes to a close. (laughs) But it's not the end of Moses' experience. His journey is not over. In fact, it is far from over. And unfortunately, there will be more wilderness, and there will be more grumbling and complaining. (laughs) There will be failure and defeat, and at times, a sense of utter hopelessness. And yet, through it all, Moses remains faithful to God's call and does not forget about God's promises. Later, Moses will receive the law, and he will share that law with the people And finally, Moses will end up leading his people to the promised land. His witness is there for us to experience. It's an integral part of our faith story. And I encourage you to finish the story on your own. (laughs) But in the 18th chapter of Exodus, Moses finds himself in the weeds. And here we can learn something about our own leaning into the future and dealing with change and transition in our lives. We find Moses overwhelmed trying to meet the needs of his people. Moses is doing his best to listen and to respond, but there's just not enough of Moses to go around. There's not enough time in in the day or days in the week. And this is an important example because we too at times find ourselves inundated and exhausted. And like Moses, sometimes it just never occurs to us to do something in a new way, even if that new way would make more sense. We can't always see the possibilities in front of us, and we need others to help us and to point them out. And maybe, maybe no one has ever given us permission to do things differently. And often, how we do something is simply because we have always done it that way, right? <laughs> and to change our own way of doing things sometimes takes a fresh new set of eyes and a new perspective. That was, jo- that was Jethro for Moses. And it's not to say that the way things are currently being done or the way things were done back then were somehow wrong or inadequate. It just means sometimes we are so focused, so focused that we can't see beyond ourselves and our own situation. There was once a man who was out weeding his garden on a steamy summer's day. (laughs) It had been a hot, wet summer, and the weeds, the weeds have taken over. Does it sound familiar? (laughs) Tired and overheated by the task at hand, the man went inside his air-conditioned house just to cool off and to drink a tall glass of lemonade. And while sitting there with his feet up, relaxing, Playing on his phone, he decided to look the definition of the word weed up in the dictionary. And it said that a weed was 
any undesirable or troublesome plant, especially one that grows profusely where it is not wanted. So the man went outside and carefully surveyed his overgrown garden. And he soon convinced himself that every plant was precisely where he wanted it to be. <laughs> so he went back inside and he took a nap. <laughs> if only life and the decisions that we have to make were that easy, right? You see, Moses was a kind of leader that didn't shrink from the tasks at hand. Moses confronted the needs as they presented themselves, and he was not afraid to roll up his sleeves and do the work that needed to be done. He was not afraid to get his hands dirty, nor to get dirt under his fingernails. After all that he'd been through up to this point in the journey, Moses, however, was on autopilot, willing to do whatever it took, no matter what that meant for himself. And Moses was becoming ineffective, trying to do it all by himself. The signs of burnout and fatigue were probably written all over his face. And those closest to Moses could see it. You see, Moses' expectations for himself were not realistic. He was overwhelmed but didn't want to admit it, especially to himself. Moses understood what, what he was doing as part of his responsibility, part of what God had called him to fulfill. Moses didn't know any other way. Reminds me of when my, my mom <laughs> would attempt to comfort me when I was overwhelmed by, by twisting the interpretation of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. <laughs> she would twist it a bit, reminding me that God doesn't, doesn't give us more than we can handle. And then I would feel guilty or embarrassed because I couldn't measure up or handle it, <laughs> which could be a whole other sermon on its own. But fortunately, in today's text, what Moses was doing strikes Jethro as odd. So Jethro, his father-in-law, says, hey, can I, can I talk to you a moment? And, and Moses stands, and, and Jethro puts his arm around Moses, his shoulders, and steers him to a place away from the others. And Jethro says to Moses, do yourself a favor and look around you. What do you see? Jethro spoke from a, a position of experience. Jethro told the truth as he saw it. What, why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? What you're doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you, for the task is too heavy and you cannot do it alone. And what Jethro said to Moses resonated. In, the, in that moment, Moses' eyes began to open. Jethro, you're right. At that moment, Moses, he didn't know the solution, but he became open to one. 
Moses became available to a new way of doing things, not only for himself, but also for God's people. The benefit was not selfish nor individual. And with further guidance from Jethro, Moses could employ a, a new way of operating as the people of God. And this new way of operating required Moses to recognize the gifts and skills of others and to delegate. Moses had to be open to sharing his authority and giving up some of his control. Maybe Moses knew already how to, how to delegate but just needed permission. And sometimes, sometimes we know exactly what needs to be done. We need a nudge or someone to give us permission. And sometimes the, the ones who need to give our, we are the ones who need to give ourselves permission. Jethro listened to Moses and he was instrumental in his coming to this realization and we need those kinds of people in our lives. People who can pull us aside and ask those, those difficult kinds of questions about our own well-being and then take the time to listen to our responses. We need others who are willing to walk beside us, alongside us, and, and point out new possibilities. And we are called to be those kinds of people in the lives of others. So I ask you, when was the last time that someone listened to you deeply and, and intently and with great care? And when was the last time that you listened to someone with the same care and effort in our, our constantly distracted world, listening has become a, a lost art. And, and in our defense, we may hear one another, but for the majority, we have forgotten how to listen. And, and I'm just as guilty. Ask my wife, Melissa. Don't ask my wife, Melissa. <laughs> I hope she's not, I hope she didn't hear that. I don't think she's here yet this morning. I think she's coming to 11 o'clock this morning. But don't tell her. I'm not going to use that in the 11 o'clock service. <laughs> but talk about being distracted for a moment. I always feel anxious when I'm not multitasking trying to do two or th three things simultaneously. Doesn't that sound like Moses? <laughs> Last week while attending a training, I had difficulty sitting still. Just ask the staff. I wanted to check my phone. I wanted to make list of things that needed to be done. I even caught myself taking notes for this sermon. <laughs> but listening requires that, that we tune into one another and that we turn off those other things that, that make noise and, and grab our attention. And if we are not sure of how well we're doing at listening, or if, we are, or if we are not sure that we are being heard, there is one test. People who listen 
are people who ask questions. If you come into my office to talk with me about something going on in your life, and if I am genuinely listening in an interested and caring way, I will ask questions. Questions show that the other person is being attentive and is giving you their time and energy. And in this morning's text, Jethro was not afraid to ask Moses questions. Jethro journeyed with Moses to find appropriate answers. And perhaps the best synonym for listening is paying attention, to pay attention, to pay, to give something away, something of value away. In this case, our time and our focus. If you are paying attention to me, you are spending some of your time and your focus with me. You are giving me a gift, the gift of being present with me. That is what we do when we really listen. We give another a gift. Now, coincidentally, a portion of the lectionary text chosen for today, at, at which we did not look at, and, and we are moving to the lectionary next week, and I just happened to glance to see what the lectionary text was for this week. But a portion of the text chosen for today comes from the book of James. James 1.19, and it says this. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. James addresses the difficulty that we have when it comes to listening and paying attention. And James has a way with words. First, he says, everyone, everyone. He is not singling anyone out or, nor taking sides. He was talking to everyone. James has a way of leveling the playing field, something to which we are not always accustomed. And before that can sink in, <laughs> he says, slow down and quit being reactionary. Whether you're right or not doesn't matter, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And if this kind of listening doesn't occur, it can create conflict, which builds upon conflict. And the church to which James was writing was experiencing this very kind of conflict. And conflict in the church are no strangers, right? By, not by any means. They've been companions since the very beginning. Jesus himself was often found to be at odds with the authorities of the church, the government, culture, and family. Not so much because he initiated conflict, but because those around him usually had strong reactions to what Jesus was doing and what he was teaching. And for his part... Jesus did not see any benefit to avoiding these conflicts. 
You see, in the capable hands of Jesus, the conflict became an opportunity to engage. Jesus saw the the conflict as an opening to teach and, and to reveal God's kingdom amid the reality of the conflict. But all the while, he worked carefully to preserve relationship. I wish we could say the same thing about the state of conflict present in our lives and in our world. Rather, I often witness instead conflict being used as an instrument for imposing a particular set of principles. I witness a a strategy designed to create division and standoff rather than preserve relationship. This is just the opposite of what the author of James witnessed as a faithful response. Slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to anger. I even see righteousness and sometimes our our definitions of righteousness as, as narrowly claimed and confined to a particular set of issues, values, or principles, some of which are clearly not rooted in our faith tradition. Sometimes we stand in front of the mirror and see our own reflections and actions instead of the reflection and actions of Christ for whom we are called and invited to follow. You see, for Jesus, preserving relationships and inviting others into relationship was what it was all about. After all, winning an argument or a disagreement is no good if if it comes at the expense of relationships. Friends, we need to learn. We need to learn and then teach others how to listen. Ways that that value and respect others, ways that invite others to tell their stories and to share their faith experiences, regardless of who is right and, and who is wrong, in a way that always seeks to preserve relationships. That's the gift that we have to offer. That's the gift that we as the church can offer to the world. James ultimately describes what a Christian community looks like at its best. It is not what what we see when we look in a mirror, but how we live. That is how we treat the most vulnerable in our community, whether or not we are willing to listen first and speak last, or if at all. Like Moses, as we have discovered throughout this sermon series, like Moses, we need to realize that we are not alone. Jethro listened to Moses. These are the kind of people that we need in our lives. People who can pull us aside and ask us those difficult questions about our own well-being and then take the time to actively listen to our responses. We need others who are willing to walk with us and point out new possibilities. And as we lean into the future, we are called to be these kinds, those kinds of people in the lives of others. 
May it be so. Amen. has said relationships are important is by partnering with UMCH Family Services, a ministry of the United Methodist Church that supports families who might need a little extra help, perhaps with counseling or other resources and interventions. It has been the tradition of Stony Brook Church every fifth Sunday throughout the year to take a special offering to support our ministry partners of UMCH Family Services. And today is the fifth Sunday. As always, you can give by dropping your offering in the basket on the way out or through our website, stonybrook.church give. I invite the ushers to come forward as we bless our offering today. God, we offer these gifts back to you freely, joyfully, with thanksgiving in our hearts. Bless them, multiply them, use them to build relationships in our community and beyond. May all who come to receive them know of your great love in their lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
I hope this sermon series, Leaning Into the Future and the Moses Story, has spoken to you. If you've missed any of them, I invite you to go back. Um, they will continue to speak in our lives as we look at change and transition um, throughout our journey. And now may the love and grace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be among us this day and remain with us forever. Amen.